And welcome to another episode of the Sartorian Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice of fragrance, coming back one more time, of course, for starting off the show. Let's jump right into the download. Now, this week's download is another one of those indie gems that just released. In this case, it is Chinatown Detective Agency and is developed by General Interactive Company and published by Humble Games. You'll find this one on the Switch, Xbox platforms, and PC for just $29.99. Now, Detective, excuse me, Chinatown Detective Agency is a story driven game. Uh, though most of the game you'll see uh, will see you pursuing uh, lots of subplots. Uh, the main plot links the game's characters, locations, and events together. Again, you're playing as a detective and you're trying to solve cases. And of course, there are going to be various subplots that are going to be interwoven throughout the game uh, to make an overall narrative of a game and to offer a very satisfying game experience. Now, of course, you're playing a gumshoe, chasing down a maligned individual with evil intentions the structure is simple but it has a potentially complex way of playing the game that unravels eventually uh, one of the things about this game that i am really enjoying is the voice acting uh unlike some uh, games of this nature it's very heavily text-based with not a lot of voice acting this one was voice acting up and down and the voices really encapsulate the personalities of the, the characters. So all those voice actors that I've heard thus far have done an um, astounding job. Uh, the graphics are pixelated at pixelated 8-bit look, but I think it really lends to creating that sort of uh, noir, sort of uh, new age noir motif that you get from this game so i am really enjoying it and it's actually available on xbox game pass right now at the time of this recording so if you are interested and you have game pass and not sure if this is something you're really going to get into try it out i recommend it you will definitely be pleasantly surprised at how good this game is now again this game is chinatown detective agency you'll find it on these xbox platforms the switch and the pc and is only running 29.99 now i haven't been up on my short takes lately but netflix dropped a doozy they dropped the first full trailer for stranger things season four and i am completely ready for season four they're actually breaking it up into two parts with the first part debuting in the at the end of may and the second part debuting around that July 4th time period, I believe that Friday, because I think July 4th is like a Monday this year. I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head. I hope that is 10 episodes and not eight like it has been in the past, uh, considering this is the last season and it looks glorious. They spared no expense. It seems like there is an actual physical manifestation of a big bad this season who looks like they step straight out of legend of the overfiend if you know what that is then you know what i'm talking about uh, but this trailer looks really awesome and amazing and i cannot wait for this show to come out in a little over a month and a half now at least that first uh, 
first half of the season uh stranger things is realistically one of the reasons why i still keep my netflix subscription so i'll definitely be questioning the uh, validity of my monthly 15 plus dollar purchase uh, after Stranger Things ends in July, simply because I don't know how much value I have left in Netflix for what they offer. This is me personally, but Stranger Things is definitely the crown jewel in the Netflix cap. And it'll be really interesting to see how they pivot after this is done, because a lot of my shows, favorite shows are ending this year. Stranger Things, uh, Frank and Gracie, if you have not watched that show, watch it. Uh, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin awesome they're a great duo together uh, and sam waterston and martin sheen are also part of that main cast and then their kids and but I, I digress uh stranger things season four trailers out if you haven't seen it watch it it is great it is awesome i cannot stop talking about it i will probably watch it again and you can also see my reaction along with brian saff over at the uh new release wednesday excuse me the nerds rule the world and our reaction will be up soon if it's not out by the time this podcast is out it will be up shortly and if it is out i'll link it in the show notes now one thing i haven't done recently is to dig into the long box been reading comics just haven't talked about them because there is so much in the blurred world to talk about and it's just not enough time in the day or any podcast to really talk about everything i'm passionate about but this week i dove back into the long box because there is a new ad blitz for dr strange and the multiverse of madness it's less than a month away and a character that's going to be featured very prominently in that movie is america chavez and this is a character whom i have very very little knowledge of uh it's she came out uh, mid 2010s ish i believe and that's when i really wasn't heavily into marvel and in that regard as far as reading on a monthly basis keeping up with the continuity in the universe so i personally don't know much about her just kind of anecdotal stuff as far as the ultimates as far as the young avengers um i know that she has powers to hop through dimensions which is how uh she gets to the proper mcu in the uh multiverse of madness but it's just one of those things where all right let me find out who she is so marvel uh, many many years back and comicsology they released a whole bunch of their number ones for free so i i made sure i took advantage of that sale quote-unquote sale they had a few years back this is maybe four or five years ago maybe longer than that and one of those books was America number one. I believe that was America Chavez's first solo issue. So I'm like, let me read this to get a sense of the character, uh, to see who she is, what her powers are, and what her personality is like. So America number one from 2017 is written by Gabby Riviera and art by Joe Quinones. Uh, now, like I said before, with Doctor Strange coming out, I wanted to know more. And I'm like, all right, let me, let me see this book. Let me check it out, see what it's about. I was grossly disappointed, actually. Uh, overall, the comic bored me. As a first issue goes, usually first issues are designed to introduce a character to new readers uh, and, you know, kind of hit on some plot points that old readers and people familiar with the character will know. As a new reader coming in, not knowing much about America Chavez, it bored me. I didn't come away caring about her. I, I felt this, though, that she was written very annoyingly. Um, I, I thought that 
everything from the depictions of her going to Sotomayor University and not to uh, Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor, uh, her relationship with the paramedic woman um, is, is also uh, very prominently focused or said in the beginning of the book that talks about being brown. I believe she's Puerto Rican by descent and that she's queer. And I'm just thinking I'm not some social justice warrior and I'm not like, oh, I don't want to see that in comic books, but I just... I remember a time when those things were written and it was written and they were part of the story. They didn't have to be announced. And I'm like, okay, if she's a queer character, then her actions and we'll say that. And you saw that toward the book. I just felt like having to announce that at the beginning of the book is like, it's a lot of her and her personality and her attributes are very ham fisted in my opinion, um, into the story. So, you know, she's queer, you know, she's brown. I'm like, okay, you can see she's brown great understand that name is america chavez clearly a, a last name of hispanic latina x descent we got that i don't need to be told that um in the first few pages of a comic book uh so not saying that took me back it was like eh, it seemed like lazy writing to me personally speaking uh, i also and again not knowing a lot of the backstory of the character it seemed kind of weird that she was the leader of the ultimates a team that she's sitting there with um Monica Rambeau and Carol Danvers and she's the leader that didn't make sense to me um, also she's giving orders to Black Panther and the Blue Marvel over a telescreen there is again not knowing the backstory of the character none of that seems right it seems a little far-fetched even for a comic book uh, I felt that overall everything about her like I said was a bit ham-fisted to the reader and I'm not sure how the characters evolved since then but if this is my first takeaway for this character or of this character, this is not a character I want to see in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Like, I'm not looking forward to her if this is how she's prevented. Now, the uh, trailers and everything, I don't get that sort of brash uh, character that I see in this book. Uh, and I know that recently there have been uh, overtures in the news making sure that people know that she's going to be queer in the movie. I'm thinking, why do you have to announce that? let the character be the character you don't you're not going to announce that peter parker is going to be dating mj we know that's going to happen eventually if america chavez is queer in the books then i expect her to be queer <laughs> in the movie i'm saying or it'll be addressed at some point in time if the story dictates it it's all about the story and how it really flows in uh, relationship sexuality if it's a part of the story whether it's heterosexual queer what have you if it's a part of the story and a pertinent part of the story and the storytelling, then I'm all for it. Um, personally speaking, I, in most movies, detest sex scenes simply because I feel like most of them don't have a purpose. It's like they're just in there to be in there. It's like, why am I watching this two minute long sex scene between these people? Like, get to the story. Like, it's, it serves no purpose. Only when it serves a purpose in the story. And I'm like, okay, I can, I can deal with this. That's just me personally. Uh, so I feel like have the character be the character in the movie you don't need to hit me over the head with who she is what her identity is i'm like it will show as you tell her story i don't need to know these things up front i want these things to be revealed to me as a reader or in the case of a movie as a viewer i don't need to know these things up front and i think that just comes as lazy storytelling in in my uh, opinion and then i don't want anybody to take us as I don't want to see queer characters in comics. I love queer characters in comics. 
Uh, I always go back to the original run of Blood Syndicate and how they handed, handled homosexuality, how they handled um, transgenderism with their with main, many of their main prominent characters. Hell, Fade was one of my favorite characters from the original Blood Syndicate run. So don't take this as me not wanting to see queer characters, LGBTQIA plus characters and storylines. I'm all for it. I just feel like that's a part of who they are. That's not how they should be defined when it comes to telling their story. And I think with something like this, where you have to announce these things up front, you're defining that person by their sexuality, not allowing to be part of who they are. Um, and that's, that's like saying, yeah, Peter Parker is going to be straight in this movie. I'm like, you're defining it by his heterosexuality. You're not allowing that to be part of who he is in the course of the story so that's my biggest issue when we have things like this but it doesn't detract me wanting to see dr strange uh but it it does have my interest peaked to see how they are going to focus on her or introduce her and evolve her during the course of this movie but also subsequent subsequent marvel movies uh to kind of come and not uh to get off on a rant i just i hate lazy writing especially considering some of the books i've been able i've had the privilege to read over the years and have been really spectacular when it comes to writing and how they've handled um queer characters i just feel like this was just a lazy way of doing it especially for first issue in a number one i don't need you to tell me she's queer on the first page when i see clearly she has a relationship with a a female paramedic i get it don't have to tell me up front like just tell your story and call it a day so that's my take on america number one check it out for yourself if you're able to let me know what you think again email us at info at webstylemagazine.com and i will i will definitely uh, like to know what your thoughts are on america number one also america chavez overall has have they evolved a character uh past that my characterization or my impression of her from that first issue from what five years ago now let me know so next up, we're going to stay in the Marvel World House with Moon Knight Season 1, Episode 3. Now, I thought this episode was very interesting. I thought it was slow at points, but I do like the globe trotting to Egypt, and I love the set pieces. Uh, there are so many unanswered questions, in my opinion, and we're getting into spoiler territory right now. So if you have not watched this episode uh, fast with ahead a little bit, bit. I'm not doing timestamp, so just kind of feel your way through it. Anyway, you're going to go through some spoilers in five, spoilers in five, four, three, two, and one. So yeah, Khonshu's imprisonment leaves so many questions for me. Um, at the end of this episode, Khonshu was imprisoned by the other Egyptian gods, and so that doesn't mean that Mark slash Stephen loses uh, their powers, their ability to summon the suit. How does that uh, implication dictate what happens in the remaining episodes? Also, when Khonshu summoned all of the gods, I found it very strange they were able to dismiss him and to dismiss his uh, his claims of them trying to find and resurrect Amat so easily. That didn't set right with me. That just lets me know that Khonshu has done some really foul things to upset the gods over the centuries or however long it is to where they're like, well, believe nothing you say. And for Arthur to come in and, and really not even make an argument to his point and just really focus on Stephen says Mark and the illness and not to take any evidence into account. It it felt rushed and lazy to me, 
but also i again i feel like a lot of that uh easiness to dismiss comes from whatever the history is with them and um Khonshu and the other gods so i'm very excited to see how the remaining episodes really go forward i thought that the action was pretty good i felt like the fight scene on the roof it was weird but i understand how they're doing it so at first i was kind of like oh this isn't that great but when you get those blackouts when you get to between steven and mark and things coming back in and also there may be a third entity maybe conchu has been directly taking over mark slash steven's body or maybe there's another personality they're going to reveal because there was a point in time where both of them come they come back too and they're talking to each other and they're like it wasn't me it wasn't me so who was it so i find that very interesting as well i just hope that they do a better job uh really maybe focusing on the split personality mental illness i forget what the the scientific name is for that uh in some of the latter episodes especially maybe episode four as i'm assuming he won't have the suit and you've gotten some discussion between lila and mark slash steven in this episode but i i hope that there is a, a bit more um sensitivity and actual dialogue about uh his condition i, I think that will give a a very big uh, lift to the awareness of various mental issues in, including split personality disorder if it uh, a soy serious look is taken at it in, in one of these episodes and not even sound like the whole episode has to be focused on it but to give a bit more of a deep dive into what he goes through um as this character with the split personality than what's been done already but i enjoyed it like it's, it's a bit slower than the first three episodes but overall i enjoyed it i'm very interested to see how this really plays into episodes four or five and the ultimate finale in episode six and i'm really looking forward to see how it shapes up or plays into the overall mcu one of the things that the gods said when they were together that they pledged to not interfere in with man again and they step back and they only go through their avatars to observe which is very reminiscent of the eternals and their sort of pledge uh as far as not remaining because those questions are always popping up you have these all-powerful beings why are they not involved in what happened why didn't they stop thanos so there are always these questions i'm glad they continue to address them but overall i'm looking forward to how this ends i'm looking forward to a deeper dive into mark's mental illness and i'm looking forward to see how this connects to the overall mcu i feel like you're gonna get more of a lead into the more supernatural which you are getting with uh guards and everything so hopefully blade and black knight really uh comes from a lot of the the mythology and the world building the underside of that the uh mcu dark so to speak uh that is coming from moon knight so that's my take on moon knight we're gonna take a break and come back with of course some halo some trekking out our fragrance of the day and what i'm wearing today catch you soon welcome back now halo has been a series that has pleasantly surprised me with each subsequent episode that has come out uh if you remember i was hesitant but optimistic after episode one with the clear deviations from the standard halo lore and going into episode two i was then sold because i feel like those changes are now 
understandably worth it for the sake of compelling television. While the medium of the games is something unto itself and has a great story, you don't tell a story via game the same way you do a episodic television series. So I gave them a lot of leeway and I, with every episode, I am very much satisfied after every single viewing. And this episode was no different. I am very curious to see how the different storylines that are playing out are going to converge together by the end of the series. Now, in this episode, we see Quan uh, going back to Madrigal with Soren. And as we all know, Quan is an, uh, was it a petulant child who doesn't understand how the world works and thought that everything would be all great when she went back and could get the money and start the revolution. And well, we know that didn't happen. And her stupid behind ended up getting the rest of her family killed. Soren's ship stripped. Now he's stuck there with her trying to get back to his family and now there's no money so he's really coming up empty-handed in all of this and i felt bad for him because i knew it was going to end that way because she was too she as in Quan was too idealistic and come on now we saw the new governor um straight up murdering people in cold blood to set an example there is no revolution when you have someone who does that no one is doing anything and then with that bounty on her head I don't know why she thought someone would help her. It, it's this is where I know this is good TV, but this is where you sit back and say, "This is dumb." Is she? Is this character? This is stupid. Like I, I hope the payoff for Quan is good because I am tired of her character. Her character is annoying. Her character serves no purpose through to the overall story as of right now. Uh, now they're on some quest to find some mystics in the desert, yada, yada, yada. No one cares. Uh, Master Chief is getting his memories back. Um, Halsey is worried that he's going to remember everything. But they do find this other artifact. I did like the sequence with Master Chief going back through his house uh, and remembering things and then seeing things. It was very, it reminded me of Robocop. Um, for those of you, the original Robocop, when Murphy goes back to the house that's being sold that his family used to live in, and he's walking around, and the uh, recorded realty person is talking about each bedroom or each of the rooms in the house, and he's getting memories of his family in these various rooms and various events that happen. That's what it reminded me of. So I like the way uh, that was done. It also sows, show, sows the seeds of uh, dissent between Chief and Halsey. And then with that other uh, Spartan who has now removed her uh, emotion suppression uh, pill, whatever the hell it was. It looks like um, a chip. It's called a chip, but I think it's humongous. It's like a big, a big water pill <laughs> in the base of their spines. But it was uh, interesting to see her differences and how she interacted with Miranda Keys. I found the utilization of the Spartans to try to decipher the covenant language was ingenious, in my opinion. And much like Mar uh, Miranda Keys talked about, she's surprised they hadn't thought of this years ago since the Spartans have had the most uh, 
interaction with covenant forces over the years. So I like that. I just hope that I know that the Spartans talked about they're like sisters. I hope there isn't some sort of romantic subplot there that that would really serve no purpose in the overall story. There shouldn't be any romantic subplots in this series. There's too much political entry with the USNC and the Spartans and John's connection. And all. there's too much story there to just throw in a random uh, romantic subplot, whether it's heterosexual or homosexual. It, it doesn't matter. I'm equal opportunity. I don't need or want any romantic subplots. If you listen to this podcast, you think I hate like romance in series and sex scenes like no that's not the case it has to make sense as part of the story and frankly as the way they're telling their story right now it makes no sense in having a romantic subplot Picard's series makes sense to have romantic subplots because it's part of the characters and how they built the characters and how they built the individual dynamics as well as the team dynamics and a lot of that stems from events that happened last season and apparently in between seasons i'll get to Picard in a second so that's my take on halo episode four um, I'm looking forward. Oh, I say this every week. I'm looking forward to the next episode. Halo is the one show I'm excited for every week. With Moon Knight as well. But I've been watching Halo a little bit longer. Now, going into trekking out, they finally, well, they've released more and more footage, footage for Star Trek Resurgence. And I am absolutely excited about this game. I need a release date so I can make sure I'm pre yes I am will pre-order this bad boy I want a physical copy of this one I will pre-order I want ever whatever goodies this game looks amazing this game is one that I will forsake everything else for I won't be jumping in on a game pass by um playing stuff I cannot wait for this game but they released more footage for that uh, if you haven't seen it IGN did a whole month worth of coverage of the game I think it was last month march they had some great reporting great stories uh great footage interviews with the developers it was awesome so if you're interested check out ign's uh youtube feed also uh lower decks and prodigy haven't renewed i've heard good things about lower decks i haven't uh, gotten into it and they're about to start season three and prodigies on season two and i'm skeptical about prodigy because it is aimed toward kids but it does have Kate Mulgrew as Janeway, so I'll probably get into it ev- eventually. Uh, so that's my take on those two or the updates on those. And then let's get into Picard uh, Season 2, Episode 7. I talked about how I look forward to Halo every single week. I'm starting to dread Picard every single week. Because Episode 6, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I liked the plot twist. This episode... It wasn't even the whole fact that it took place mostly in Picard's head. I understand that. And I don't mind getting more and more Picard's backstory. Uh, I, I just want to understand with Picard, how how is he? Okay, let me back up. So with Picard, this whole thing about his, his father and these revelations about her, his father and so on and so forth. And considering the age that he's, what he was, um, during this flashback sequence... I don't remember if his brother Rene was younger or older, but either way, he wasn't that much older or that much younger um, when we saw them in the, those episodes after uh, Best of, of Both Worlds when he went back to the, the vineyard. 
so in my mind, I'm thinking, where's Renee in all of this? I think Renee was the brother. Maybe Renee was the nephew. I don't remember. Either way, where was his brother in all of this? Because uh, he would have been of an age where he would have been around. If he was a younger child, he would have been crawling around. If he was an older child, he would have still been in the house at that point in time. So I, I found it very interesting that his brother was nowhere to be found in this whole scenario, especially when the real revelations of the real life instances that caused the scenario uh, came about or were revealed. I loved the fact that um, I think James Callis, aka Gaius Baltar from Battlestar Galactica, I've always loved him as an actor since Battlestar. Uh, he played the representation of Picard's father in this dreams. I thought he's such a, a great underrated actor, in my opinion. I this is my issue with Star Trek and time travel. I love Star Trek time travel when it's isolated. Uh, Star Trek Four, the um, stories of Times Arrow. I forget the episodes of the um, of Deep Space Nine when they go back in time. Um, even I think Enterprise had time travel as well. Doing time travel for an episode or two, it works. You can get in. You can tell your story. You can get out all of that shit about not impacting time and not changing things you can do that and you know you can have one or two faux pas and the butterfly effect and so on and so forth when you set a, an entire pretty much an entire 10 episode season in the past there are too many things as far as the time travel components happening that I can't look past there's so much disruption to the time stream the fact that they think that this Renee, and maybe that's what it's from, Renee, Renee Picard, the ancestor, her going on a space flight will fix everything. Like, you have impacted people's lives. Now the doctor and her kid have been on the ship. Picard is now being arrested by the FBI because they got him on camera beaming in in that, what, episode two? Oh, it is such a CF as far as this story is concerned. It is really upsetting me. Like, we didn't even... This is episode seven. We didn't get any real movement in this story. Uh, we have no idea what is going on really um, with the board queen and, and what's her name. I forget the blonde's name at the moment. We got a little bit. So Ravi and Seven are chasing her. You get a little bit of snippets about what's going on with her. You have the budding relationship between the doctor and um, Ramos. Okay, cool, great. But no real movement on Q. Still know what's going on. There's only 10 episodes in a this, in this season. There are only three left. You don't have a lot of time left to really tell the story. Like, what's going on with Q? Why is Q's, uh, Q's powers on the fritz? We still don't know what's going on with that. We don't know how all these things are going to affect the future. And then with the FBI busting in and arresting Picard and Guinan at the end, it's like that really changes so much. Oh, there's so many things that are just hanging out there. And they're going to I'm I'm really going to be afraid that they're going to rush through everything. And they're going to get to the end of the season. They're going to come back home and everything's going to be fine. Like nothing happened. And that's really going to piss me off. Like, seriously, uh, if I remember correctly, even in star trek for the voyage home they checked the database before that scientist came back with them to take care of the humpback whales to make sure that her disappearing would not disrupt the timeline 
and maybe that's a revisionist history, but I, I remember that distinctly happening on course of that movie. And in this series, they are doing so many things to screw up the timeline. And even if Renee does go, it is not going to be the same future. And that, as a sci-fi person, as someone who, when you lay the, your rules for time travel in the beginning of your series or movie or whatnot, and then you break them all the time and expect everything to be fine, that pisses me off. It insults my intelligence. So that's why I'm going to finish it out because I... I adore Patrick Stewart. Even the characters, I, I, Ramos, is his name Ramos? I forget his name. Anyway, I told you, like, I'm enjoying the characters, but I'm not even remembering their names like that because I don't care. I'm losing more and more of my compassion for the series because it, it consistently does stupid things. And that's how last season was, too. It started off good, it started off interesting, compelling, and then. It just started to do really stupid things with its story, stupid and lazy things with its story by the end of the season. And I have a great fear that this series, this season would do the same thing. So that's my take on Picard season two, episode seven. Now let's get out of sci-fi and talk about the fragrance of the week. This week, we're talking about Opulence by C. Samuel. Uh, with this fragrance, you're going to find it in various sizes, but uh, actually not in various sizes. Just one size, a 50 ml bottle of an EDP concentration for 75 bucks. With it, you're going to find top notes of bergamot, Sicilian lime, and cocktail grapefruit. So right there, you have a bright, fresh, in-your-face, in a good way, um, citrusy opening. Heart notes, we have jasmine, watermelon, Indian ginger. So I really like that you have the, the light sweetness of the watermelon with the spice of the ginger and the jasmine. And then the base of sandalwood, amber, and patchouli. So you have that kind of sweetness of the amber and the masculineness, the woodiness. I like sandalwood because of that light woodiness. It's not overly woody. It's very sensual. And then you add in that patchouli. Man, that sounds like a fragrance that, one, is great for the spring and summer, probably even for the fall as well, especially with the performance of the bass and how uh, lightly heavy that is, if that makes sense. I, I'm definitely loving this for the spring and fall, excuse me, spring and summer particularly. Uh, that, that opening is going to be dynamite. Uh, for those seasons so that's what i'm i'm really thinking about that and today i'm wearing ovation for men by ovation fragrances with this one you have aquatic notes sicilian lemon indonesian patchouli cashmere woods and calibran bergamot it's fresh it's powdery it lasts all day long and it is perfect for any season in my opinion this is one i can grab all the time and my bottle will tell you that I do grab it all the time because it's only got about a fourth of a bottle left so it's almost time for a re-up but that is my fragrance of the day Ovation for Men by Ovation Fragrance now you know I love a good fragrance and more importantly I love a good fragrance that doesn't cost me a lot of money which is why I keep going back to Pete and Pedro now Pete and Pedro they may be known for their high quality hair products but they also have a high quality line of designer inspired fragrances. This line includes Villain, which is inspired by Tom Ford's Tobacco Vanilla, King, which is inspired by Green Irish Tree by Creed, 
Rebel, inspired by Creed Aventus, and then Hero, inspired by Aqua de Jo. Now, all of these fragrances come in the EDP concentration and a 50 ml bottle for just $49. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, just $49. And even better, you can get 10% off your first purchase by using the code EHAWKS10 or by using the link in the show notes. Make sure you tell them that Webster Style sent you. Now, that's it for this week's episode of the Satorian Geek Podcast by Webster's Out. Make sure you catch me every week with my man Brian Saff over at Nerds Rule the World on the NRW Checkpoint, where we talk about this week's most pressing news in gaming and all of the new releases. Also, be sure to find me on social media at Webster Style on Instagram and Twitter at Webster Style, excuse me, at Satorian Geek on Instagram and now on TikTok at underscore Webster style. Make sure you check us out at WebsterStyle.com and of course drop us an email at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com and remember, stay safe out there and be blessed. Ooh, I, I, I mean, this is me right here. Baby, you see this? Nah, this is... Hold on. Nef, I, I mean, I can change. I, I thought... Never mind, forget I'm a Jenny Jenny Minfinny Muffinny Finicky when it comes to the killing spree, aka that's an ensemble. Are you the enemy if you're not defending the presence of Millie in the vicinity without a bow tie? Okay, I might have went over the edge. Besides, I really let them clothes on them legs. Some thighs need to get strong. We can lift them to the sky. The party's on the 12th. We got a little time, time, time to get it on. And on fact, I'm the type of pussy on. And after that, take a picture with the I'm choosing what we own. That was Tree Green Tuesday. Had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be. White Wednesday? Uh, I don't know. Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot. You didn't wear. Oh, I miss Million them heels killing them. But I'm sure it's a Thursday. Bowtie Thursday. Pasta cream in your heels looking sharp, babe. Acting like you don't know the rules up in the workplace. Must I remind you it was till on your birthday? Don't get me wrong, I think we killed in the birthdays. And you picked the hell of fit for the church day. Let's say you picked the risk game for it. Now you got the floor filled with bras that you purchase. Pick a color scheme that can match the very course.